Hello, everyone. Um, it is so awesome to be with you all this morning. Why don't we start with some prayer? Jesus, I just want to thank you for this time, this amazing time we've had together so far as a family this morning. God, thank you for your blessing over our church, and Lord, we just pray that as we continue in this service, you'd help us to focus our hearts and our minds on you, Lord, to to enter into a space of worship um, to you, Jesus. May the words that come out of my mouth not be my own, but may they be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Wow, this mic picks up everything. All right, difficult question to start my preach off with this morning, so don't raise your hands because, yeah. But how many of you walked in here this morning thinking about Jesus? <laughs> I said, don't raise your hands, don't raise your hands. Just, you know, I don't want to make people feel bad. Because personally, like, I'll be the first one to say, I walked in here this morning and I was like, am I wearing the right outfit? Is my message actually going to, like, speak to people? Or, you know, like, are people just going to switch off? Um, am I going to mess up on the keys this morning? Uh, my brain was everywhere. So you're not alone if you walked in here this morning and Jesus wasn't the first thing on your mind. <clears throat> Our one service is um, focused around worship, and more specifically the heart, the heart of worship, because worship is a matter of the heart. So I thought it would be good to do a bit of a heart check-up this morning. So you can raise your hands up for this one if you want to. Um, How many of you are tired this morning? Especially after that dance, right? Like, I'm a little bit tired. (laughs) I wasn't even, like, fully into it. Um, How many of you are overwhelmed? Feeling a bit overwhelmed? Maybe? Maybe? Okay. Maybe? Yeah, I see one hand. I see you. (laughs) In this one, you don't need to put your hand up. When was the last time you cried? (laughs) Some of you, it might have been this morning when your alarm went off. <laughs> but, you know, I used to be a big crier. Like, literally anything would make me cry. Um, movies, music, a video of a cat doing something really cute. Like, I would cry. <laughs> um, I would cry when I was angry, cry when I was sad, cry when I was stressed, cry when I was happy. You're probably thinking, poor Sam at this point. (laughs) I mean, it was just constant tears. But recently, I have found myself refusing to cry. (laughs) Um, And that's how I knew that something was wrong in my heart. Sam would say, it's okay, just cry, just let it out. And I was like, nope, because somehow I've got this idea in my head that crying is bad, that letting it out is bad. It doesn't have to be crying. Maybe you have another way of letting it out. It's not just crying. (laughs) that letting it out is bad, that it's weak, that it's not okay, and I felt my heart getting hard. So the verse um, that the game had this morning, um, that they were popping the balloons and figuring out the verse, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything, everything you do flows from it. You see, living a life of worship comes from an overflow comes from an overflow of what's in your heart. What is your overflow right now? What have you been filling your heart with? (laughs) So when I get home at the end of the day, and I've done all the housework stuff, and, you know, it's time to to relax. I love to sit down and veg out on the couch and watch my favourite show, okay? I'm not going to tell you which one it is. (laughs) But it's a really, I don't know if trashy is the right word, but it's a medical drama. (laughs) 
And I love the drama and the cases they deal with. I mean, I really get into it. Like Sam will tell you, I'll be sitting on the couch and I'll be like grabbing the cushions and be like, oh my gosh, did you see what just happened? And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I get really passionate about it. And that's how I relax at the end of the day. <laughs> anyway, a couple of weeks ago, Sam felt a little convicted about how much TV we were watching. And he made the suggestion that when we sit down, if we're going to sit down in front of the TV, maybe the first thing that we should do would be to watch a message or a preach, just 15, 30 minutes of, like, God input. And inside I was like, oh, <laughs> really? Like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to sit down and watch my show. You know, but I wanted to be a supportive wife. So I said, sure, honey, why not? Let's do that. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's been a couple of weeks now, but I'm making this one change, just one change of starting my night off with God. Wow, it has changed so much. My heart feels full. Um, <laughs> it, my heart is focused on his word. My mind are filled with his thoughts. And I don't actually have as much of a desire to watch my medical show, although it's very cool. It's very cool. And I still watch it. It's okay to watch shows. <laughs> but my heart, I'm like, wow, what preach are we going to watch tonight? What are we going to learn about? You know, what's something that's relevant to us? <laughs> what do you need to surrender to make more time for God? What do you need to surrender so that you're working out of an overflow? What is one thing you could put, just one, that's all I'm asking, one thing that you could put to the side to take more time for God? Having a heart of worship involves surrender. And surrender can be a really scary word. I googled it because I'm all about like words and stuff. And the first definition that came up was to stop resisting. And I was like, oh, I resist God a lot. <laughs> He'd be like, come on, like, why don't you go pray for that person? I'd be like, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, God. Like, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I definitely feel like sometimes I resist God. I push back against what he has for me. My heart isn't soft to his ways and his calling. Hardness of heart. The Bible actually talks about this quite frequently. Um, the Israelites hardened their heart against God in the desert when they made other idols to worship. The Bible talks about our hearts being hardened by sin. And most famously, there's the account of Pharaoh. Um, when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's already touching someone. God is moving. <laughs> so <laughs> the Bible talks about our hearts being um, hardened by sin. I already read that. Most famously, there's Pharaoh. I'll just go over that again. God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of worship. Uh, out of, not out of worship, out of Egypt. Whoa. <laughs> God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses went to Pharaoh and he said, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh was like, nah, not going to do it. I'm pretty happy having them here actually doing all our hard labor and stuff. And so God started sending plagues. There was frogs, there was locusts, there was pestilence. The animals were dying. They had boils on their skin. It was like, ugh. But still, Pharaoh's heart was hard. And he said no. Until eventually... The final plague that God sent literally broke Pharaoh's heart when his firstborn died. And so he said, okay, take your people, take your people. Hardness of heart, what does it mean? It means to have a wall put up between you and God. 
And do you know who put that wall up? You did. I did. (laughs) God didn't put that wall up. Defences have been built up and up, and the only one that can truly bring them down is you. I mean, look at Pharaoh. He, you know, that last plague broke his heart. He said, take your people and go. And then, I'm not quite sure of the time frame, but like a day, maybe less than a day later, he was chasing after the Israelites again. You know, he had that wall built up and he was like, no, I want my way. This is what I want. God is waiting, always waiting for you to let him in. But as long as your heart is hard, as long as your walls are built up, there's always going to be something in between you and God. So one of my favorite subjects in school was biology. Some of the teenagers in the room are probably like, ugh. But let me tell you, I'd rather take biology over chemistry or physics. <laughs> I'm sure that reveals God's goodness as well, but I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to give you a little science lesson this morning because I was reading up on this hardness of heart, and as Tom would say, something like literally baked my noodle. <laughs> and um, did you know that having a hard heart is actually like something that can biologically happen? You can literally have a hard heart. Maybe not in the way that the Bible explains it, but there is such a thing as literally having a hard heart. So, a little biology lesson. <clears throat> There's this kind of tissue in the body called connective tissue. And connective tissue, it supports, it protects, it gives structure to other tissues and organs in the body. And it's movable and malleable, and it can stretch and return to where it, how it was originally. And it's able to do that without tearing. When the heart is injured, the cells that produce connective tissue in the heart turn into bone-producing cells in response to the injury. Some people who survive heart damage develop abnormal calcium deposits, which are the main component in your bone, in the valves or the wall of their heart. Your heart can quite literally become hard after an injury. When I was reading up on this, I was amazed, but I also became quite emotional (laughs) because many of us in this room today have had an injury, have had an injury to your heart. It might be something big and traumatic that happened, or it might have been lots of small things that have added up over time, but your heart is injured, and that, that tissue that was flexible and malleable and could move has been replaced by hard calcium, by hard bone. Your heart is hard. And when, you know, when that happens, it can become really hard to worship. Because worship is an overflow. And if you have no overflow in your heart, then where does the worship come from? Circumstances have happened, really tough things that you've had to face. And your heart has been injured. Maybe you've allowed lies to be spoken into your life like, God could never love me. God doesn't care. God doesn't know me. I'm not important enough for God. This isn't just for the adults in the room, by the way. This is for the teens, the kids. Maybe you have lies that you believe. I'm not worthy of forgiveness. God didn't save me from that horrible hurt that happened to me. How can I trust him after that? All of those feelings are are, are are very real. And, and if you're struggling with those, those thoughts, those feelings right now, I'm so, so sorry. Because that's a really hard place to be in. 
But do you know what's standing between you and receiving healing for that hard heart right now? It's that wall. It's that wall that you've built up. Whether it be a wall of a lack of trust or pride, hurt, selfishness, shame, whatever it is, it's up to you to bring it down. And sometimes that can be really scary too because the wall, it's safe. It's safe in the wall. And so it might not be like taking a sledgehammer and like bashing it down. (laughs) Maybe you need to just cut a little hole, build a little tiny door. (laughs) Because God is standing on the other side of that wall and he's waiting and he's ready. And as soon as you just little tiny thing to open him in, uh, to let him in, he, he's right in there. He's right in there with you. I can promise you this. You will not regret letting God in. It might be painful at the beginning. It might be scary. But he has so much more for you than this life of fear and hurt and shame and walls. God's desire for us is to return to him. Nowhere is too far gone for him. In Ezekiel 36, 24 to 28, he says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. So no matter where where you've gone, he will bring you back to the place where you started. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And this is the key part. I will give you a new heart. That heart that has been injured, that is hard, God can take that. He just take it right out. And he'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's amazing. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land that I gave your ancestors. We will live in the promises that he has given us from the beginning. You will be my people and I will be your God. What a promise. Man. (laughs) Worship is an overflow of the heart. But you know what else it is? It's an antidote to this hard heart that we've been talking about. In the moments when things are nice and easy and breezy, it's easy to walk in and say, thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you for the money that just rolled into my bank account. (laughs) Thank you for the beautiful house that you've given us. But what about when you don't have those things? When everything crashes down around us, it's even easier to say, God has left me. God doesn't care. I'm all alone. But worship in those moments can break those chains off. And you know what? It doesn't have to be music. If you can't sing, it's okay. If you can't play an instrument, it's okay. If you don't even like music, it's okay. Although, let me tell you, like when we go to heaven, lots of music. So maybe start listening. (laughs) When the bank account is low, worship is saying, thank you, God, for how you've provided for me in the past and thank you for how you're going to provide for me in the future. (laughs) Worship is surrender. It's saying, God, I love this, but I love you more. (laughs) 
So here it is. Here is my bank account. Here is my situation. Here is my relationship with that person that isn't going so well. Here is, I don't know, my, my, my medical you know, stuff that's going on. Here is my injury. Here is, is, is my cancer, you know, just putting it out there, just surrendering that to God and saying, God, here it is, because I know you're bigger, yeah. and I know you have bigger plans for me. In Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and though there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, here's the important part, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Whatever you're going through right now, will you praise Him? Will you rejoice in Him? Because joy is not the same as happiness. Joy comes from God. Can I have the worship team come up? Worship is an overflow of the heart but it's also a choice. In the midst of everything, through it all, like the kids were just dancing to, we have to make the choice to worship, which can be really, really hard sometimes. <laughs> it can be really hard to round up the troops on a Sunday morning and show up to church. Sometimes it can be really hard to just roll out of bed in the morning after the alarm goes off. So thank you for being here this morning. <laughs> It can be really hard to praise God when life feels like it's crumbling down around you. But let me tell you something. Every time you make that choice, it gets a little bit easier. Every time you bring the wall down just a little bit, your perspective is shifted. It's widened. And suddenly you can see that he is worthy. He's worthy of our surrender. He's worthy of our worship. He is worthy. Opening up, surrender, admitting that you have a hard heart can be difficult and scary and maybe even overwhelming, but you don't have to do it alone. Myself and the elders in the prayer team um, are going to be up here up the front. And if you need prayer or if you just need to talk um, to someone, please don't leave without taking that first step this morning. As we enter in this time of worship to finish off the service, if you need to kneel, if you need to sit, whatever posture you need to take, do it. Because no one is watching. <laughs> no one is judging. It's just you and God. And that's all that matters. Talk it out with Him. Start to bring that wall down. Surrender whatever is holding you back from living a life of worship. Stop resisting listening to His voice. He is here and He's ready to bring healing to that hardness of heart. He's ready to meet with you. He, he's ready to help you take down that little piece of wall so that you can let Him in. So, if you could all stand. I just want to pray over every single person in this room this morning. God, you are good, even when our circumstances might be bad. Lord, would you give us the strength to surrender this morning? Would you give us the strength to give everything to you? Lord, help us to take that first step. 
Help us to, to, to stop resisting and just rest in the peace and the knowledge that you are bigger than all of our circumstances. Thank you, God.